I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to the revised edition of Episode 4 in the AIC Christian Education video series, The Nicene Creed. This revised series includes many new illustrations and enhanced cross-references to other AIC resources in video, podcast, and print form available through links at our website. In this episode, my focus is in the first eight phrases in the Nicene Creed describing the Lord Jesus Christ beginning with in one Lord Jesus Christ through, quote, being of one substance with the Father. The music used in the opening and closing titles is Reginald Heber's Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, written in 1827 A.D., based on Revelation 4, verses 6 to 11, 5, 13, 15, 2 to 4, and Isaiah 6, 1 to 3. It is performed on the organ in England by Richard Irwin to the tune Nicaea, composed by John B. Dykes in 1861 A.D. I encourage viewers to visit Richard's dedicated webpage, https colon right slash right slash play dot hymnswithoutwords.com. And I thank Richard for granting permission for its use. The Nicene Creed continues with, and in one Lord Jesus Christ. Here the use of Lord has both Old Testament and New Testament precedents. One of the Hebrew names or titles of God, which I discussed in episode 2, was Adonai, which means Lord. The same word in Greek and Latin is Kyrie, used in the Christian prayer, Lord have mercy, or the Kyrie eleison. The illustration is the Christ Pantocrator mosaic in the central dome of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, Jerusalem, a 19th century church built on the foundations of a much older church. The Pantocrator title is Greek, meaning ruler of the universe, the modern equivalent of which is Lord. The doctrine of Christ as Lord has strong New Testament precedents. While St. Peter was the first to acknowledge Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, in Matthew 16, verse 6, St. Thomas was the first to acknowledge Jesus as, quote, my Lord and my God, in John 20, verse 28. The illustration is a detail from the Russian Orthodox icon, the Confession of St. Thomas, painted by the artist Dionysius around 1500 A.D. The Apostle Paul spread the use of the term, teaching that Christians may address Jesus Christ as Lord with the strongest case made in his epistle to the Philippians. In Philippians 2.11, he writes, Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The illustration is an unfinished icon of St. Paul, painted in the Russian Orthodox style by noted icon painter Andrei Rubelyov 
1407 A.D. Other examples used in St. Paul's epistles, most used in the opening greetings, are Romans 1 to 1 verse 7, 1 Corinthians 1 verses 2 to 3, 7, 8 to 10, 2 Corinthians 1, 2 and 3, Galatians 1 verse 3, Ephesians 1 verses 2 and 3, Philippians 1, 2, 2 Thessalonians 1, 1 to 2, 1 Timothy 1, verse 2, 2 Timothy 1, verse 2, Titus 1, verse 3, and Philemon 3. The Nicene Creed continues with the further declaration that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. St. Peter, as I noted, acknowledged Jesus as Son of the living God in Matthew 6.16. Here the writers of the Nicene Creed use the term begotten as a way of distinguishing Jesus Christ as the Son from the created beings, such as angels, that is, those who are referred to as invisible in the Creed's first paragraph, which is a description of the Father. The declaration that he is not only a son, but a begotten son, answers two major heresies in the early church, each discussed in episode one. The Ebionite heresy, that Jesus was Messiah but not divine, and the Arian heresy, that he was a created being. This is the first of three uses of begotten in the Nicene Creed. The nuances within the meaning will become clearer in the second and third uses of begotten. Regrettably, many denominations, especially those who rely, rely upon the ESV translation for their reading texts, refer to Jesus as the only Son, leaving out the begotten. The illustration is the central image in the top tier of the 17th century Russian Orthodox icon of the Nicene Creed used in the title images for this series. Jesus is seated on a throne surrounded by ten colored circles with the sun on the far left of the image and the moon on the right with the legend above it, In One Lord Jesus Christ the only begotten Son of God. The Nicene Creed continues with begotten of his Father before all worlds. This second use of begotten means that Jesus was begotten before the universe existed as we know it with the creation of the earth and the solar bodies that is, the sun, the moon, and the stars, by whose movement we calculate time. The understanding of Jesus as the agent of the Father during the creation described in Genesis 1, verse 1, through chapter 2, verse 7, will be discussed later in the context of the by whom all things were made declaration. The illustration is a detail from the mosaic in the Creation Dome at the Basilica of St. Mark in Venice, begun in the ninth century and added to over later centuries, 
It shows Jesus as the Father's agent in the setting of the celestial bodies in the night sky. The Nicene Creed continues with the first of a group of three related declarations. God of God. The authors of the Nicene Creed here meant to answer several early heresies, especially the Marcionite, discussed in episode 1, that the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament were not the same, and to distinguish the one true God, the Creator God, Elohim in Hebrew, from the many gods worshipped by the pagans. He is the God of God spoken of in Deuteronomy 10 verse 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons nor taketh reward. The illustration is a portion of a 2nd to 3rd century copy of the Codex Sinaiticus, a Greek text of the Old Testament kept at the monastery of Catherine in Mount Sinai, discovered in the Western Church by Constantine Tischendorf in 1844 A.D. Other Old Testament precedents are Psalm 77, verses 13b to 14a. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. And Psalm 86, verse 8, Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. There is not one that can do as thou doest. The illustration for this and the next slide is the first page of an early 17th century book of Psalms published in the United States. The text for both slides is from the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. Unlike the gods of the pagans, he is a living God, according to Psalm 115, verses 4 to 6. Their idols are silver and gold, even the work of men's hands. They have mouths and speak not, eyes they have and see not. They have ears and hear not, noses have they and smell not. This God of God possesses infinite wisdom, limitless power, and goodness. In fact, God created wisdom, as is evidenced in many Old Testament texts, especially this from Ecclesiasticus 1 verse 1 using the SAAS text. All wisdom comes from the Lord and is with him forever. The Lord himself created wisdom. The illustration is a detail from an illustration in Jörg Brue, the Younger's Secret Book of Honor of the Fouge, made between 1545 and 1549 A.D. at the Bayerische Staatsbibliothek, Munich, Germany. The Fouge were a prominent family in the Christian community in South Germany. How God manifested himself to his people is different in the Old and New Testaments. In the Old Testament, the Israelites saw visible manifestations of his presence in the form of clouds, the pillar of fire, the burning bush, lightning, smoke, and deeds such as the parting of the Red Sea. 
These manifestations are called the, quote, energies of God, unquote. For more on this term and about 350 other technical, liturgical, and scriptural words or phrases, see the energy slash energies of God entry on page 63 in the AIC bookstore publication, Layman's Lexicon, available from our virtual bookstore at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. In the New Testament, he manifested himself to Christians in the incarnation of his only begotten Son. Images of Jesus as a man were permitted since Jesus was actually seen by mankind, while images of the likeness of God the Father were forbidden until that rule was violated in the representation by Michelangelo of a series of scenes from Genesis in the Sistine Chapel in Rome in the early 16th century. St. John taught that, quote, God is spirit, unquote, in John 4, verse 23, meaning that he has no body, passion, or parts in the human sense. The Nicene Creed continues with the second of three related declarations, Light of Light. Light of Light has precedence in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. The first example is from St. John the Evangelist. The life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness from John 1 verse 4. In the Anglican and Roman Catholic worship traditions, in the great O Antiphon services for Advent season, which date to the 12th century, the fifth Antiphon, used on December 22nd, is O Orions, and the words are, O Dayspring, brightness of the light everlasting, and Son of Righteousness, to which the people respond, O come and enlighten, them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death. For more on the Great O Antiphon, see the AIC seasonal video series, The Great O Antiphons, using the episode links on the digital library page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Another New Testament precedent is one of Jesus' I Am sayings reported in the Gospel of St. John. In John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The illustration is a mid-19th century oil on canvas by, called The Light of the World, by William Holman Hunt from the Manchester Art Gallery in Manchester, England. There is also this from Isaiah, Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 3. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. This quotation from Isaiah is used in Anglican worship during Epiphany season when the church celebrates several manifestations of Christ to the Gentiles. For more on this topic, see the AIC seasonal video series Epiphany using the episode links at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. 
Finally, there is this from Genesis 1-3, a phrase which acknowledges God as the creator of light. Let there be light, and there was light. The illustration is again the creation mosaic from the creation dome at the Basilica of St. Mark in Venice. St. John developed this theme further in Revelation 21, verse 23. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb was its light. For a more extensive discussion of this topic, see the text box Created versus Uncreated Light on page 181 of the AIC bookstore publication Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation, also available through our virtual bookstore at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The illustration is the New Jerusalem from the Bamberg Apocalypse, an early 11th century illuminated manuscript of Revelation as it was used in Revelation, an idealist interpretation. The third of the three related phrases in the Nicene Creed is very God of very God. Very God of very God reinforces the first two declarations, God of God, light of light, adding weight to the understanding that he is a God above all gods and the source of light, as noted the creator of the sun described in Genesis 1, 1 through 2, 7, and in the book of Psalms, and the light of the new Jerusalem, which St. John describes in Revelation 21, verse 23. The Nicene Creed continues with begotten, not made. This is the third and last use of begotten. As discussed in episode two and earlier in this episode, begotten is a device for distinguishing between the created and the uncreated. It means that Jesus was not made in the same way as the angels and mankind. Jesus is the uniquely begotten or only begotten Son. Probably inspired by Hebrews 9.1, which refers to the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that not of this creation. In the early church, an icon appeared around the 3rd century in the church at Edessa, Syria, depicting Jesus with the legend, not made by hand, or not made with hands. The illustration is an 18th century Russian Orthodox icon of that same Edessa model from the 3rd century. The Nicene Creed continues with being of one substance with the Father. After months and months of meetings, the Council of Nicaea could not reach a compromise on the subject of the nature of the Son in relationship to the Father. Eusebius, the noted early church historian, wrote later in the 4th century that it was only the intervention of the Emperor Constantine himself which led to the use of the Greek word homoousios, translated in the Western Church as either essence or substance. 
The council's choice of words, based upon the compromise offered by the Emperor Constantine, saying, being of one substance with the Father, means that whatever Christians believe is true concerning the essence or substance of the Father is also true of the Son. Other AIC resources mentioned in this episode can be accessed on demand 24-7 from our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. You can watch this and other videos in the Bible study, Christian education, and seasonal video categories from either the Bible study page or the digital library page. If you prefer, you can listen to podcast versions of all our videos using links on the podcast archive page and podcast homilies based upon readings in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer from the links on the podcast homilies page. Or you can acquire and read any AIC bookstore publication using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The link takes you to my Amazon Author Central page, where nearly all our books are available either in paperback or Kindle editions. The dedicated direct link is https colon slash slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. All the words after dot com must be in lowercase only. Please be assured that 100% of all book royalties are contributed to the AIC. Thank you for joining me for Episode 4. Next time in Episode 5, I will continue discussion of the Nicene Creed's phrases describing Jesus Christ, beginning with the next phrase, by whom all things were made. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.